0: Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. Hello, hello, what's up, boys? What's up, boys? What up? This shit is uh, fucking we gone national, and just by it, we're all in different places again. What's you know up? what I like about doing this the best when we're all in different places because we're all. Oh, I should have said I should have practiced this. You know what I like about doing this? Uh, what when we're tell in different me, places? Eli, <laughs> is that we're all alone. But we're not by ourselves. No, yeah. that's not what I meant. We're not by ourselves. We're, we're by ourselves, but we're not alone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, Stack Pack for another week. This week we're covering um, Season 2, Episode 10 of the original Unsolved Mysteries season. Um, I, and actually, I was looking all these up, and these all were pretty much... Uh, this all. Um, these aired on December 6th of 1989. Um, we, we should actually start doing that because the Unsolved Wiki tells you the dates that these aired. I feel like that would give us a little more context for shit that we're talking about because they always say like four months after, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. So we're still, we're actually. so oh, oh, like you're talking about the updates, like when it says to, like to four reaffirm, months after it aired. Yeah. To reaffirm, we're still in 1989, technically. <clears throat> and um, uh, yeah. So what's up, guys? I'm your host, David Howell, as always. I forgot that part. Um, joined by Rodan on the road. What's up, dude?
1: Not much. Just hanging out in Sycamore.
0: Sycamore, and that's by Chicago. Is that the closest? Bunch? Yeah, that's the closest bunch in of the buildings old, next to it.
1: The the old well, like windy Chicago city and Rockfort, Rockford.
0: Rockford. Um,
1: like I'm literally out in a cornfield. It's quite nice. Isn't
0: that where you? Is that that's just where the actual shop you work for is, right? So that's yeah. That, that's where you were like before. Uh, Guns N' Roses and ACDC and all that shit. So it's because you're, yep. you're always just complaining about how you're in a cornfield. Do you <laughs> see? Do you see any uh, UFO sightings out there? Any corn
1: corn no. mazes, cornfields? That'd be corn the crop I mean, circles. No, well, no, I do. I do see a lot of pot though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, that's not bad. It's probably so fucking freezing out there. No, no, no one's even well, outside no, but, yeah. look at the sky.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's not that bad. It's been like 55. Uh, this oh, that's week. nice. But like in the summer, like right around August, once the uh, the corn is about four feet high, you'll start seeing like weed plants pop out in the middle of fields just randomly. It'd mm-hmm. be like corn, 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 up, weed, corn, 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 weed, corn, 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 weed. Ooh, that that's definitely magical. grow up. Definitely maybe, grow maybe up. It's,
0: maybe it's time to go out there and do a harvest. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's like the thing in the horror movie that you're not supposed to do. Like if you're in some sort of weird field and there's weed, don't steal it because the guy who grew that weed is going to murder you. Or he'll (laughs) tie you up next to your best friend and put you on a train track.
1: Well, (laughs) well, no, no. Well, (laughs) you got to be careful, though, because they might be on that emerald ice. Emerald ice? What's emerald ice?
0: It's the best of the best. Oh, yeah, we watched this silly horror. I was like, wait, that sounds familiar. We watched this silly horror movie on Netflix. About this hillbilly who does meth and thinks everyone's aliens, so he kills a bunch of teenagers because he thinks they're <laughs> aliens. It was a it was a comedy. It's called Welcome to Willits. It. It's on Netflix. It's pure B horror. Like it's, <laughs> we sat and watched the whole thing. I was entertained yeah. enough. Oh yeah, let's talk about Unsolved Mysteries. Um, our first case is, um, it's considered wanted, and it's confusing to who they're actually who they actually want. Oh um, dude, it was until, so you know the what place. I mean because this shit this shit is like a. This shit is like a Steven Soderbergh, like Martin Scorsese type, like f- heist movie, uh, but like with a bunch of dummies. Though,
1: <laughs> I, I honestly like listening or watching this segment of the show. I, I kind of felt like Robert Stack forgot to take his riddle in that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like all over the place. Yeah.
0: I, I think it's just but such like, a hard the- story to like.
1: It's just like the transitions, like that, there was like one point where he's talking about John Hawkins and the next he goes to dog and he's just like, wait, who, wait, 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 when did we, when did we transition to this person? Yeah, th- this <laughs> one,
0: this one took me the longest, like watching it the second time and taking notes. Like I had to pause it and like write a lot of, like, I was like, I got to get this down because this is really convoluted. So we start in the, uh, in the medical offices of Richard Boggs, Dr. Boggs. And, um... Boggin' down. And, um... Well, this is what he says. Okay, so it's April 16th, 1988, and the paramedics show up at 7 a.m. to his, uh, office. Um, Melvin Eugene Hansen was laying there dead. Um, the doctor said he had been drinking heavily, had chest pains, and wanted to be examined. <laughs> Which is, uh, really odd. He also said that he'd been treating the guy for seven years. Um... And uh, and wanted Boggs to meet him at 5 a.m. to do an EKG and more tests on his like cardiac state. So mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, doctor, meet me here." Suspicious like, already. That's not what fucking
1: doctors do. <laughs> that's doctors not what doctors do. They take
0: their <laughs> fucking time.
1: Like, yeah. not- no, it depends. It depends on your doctor. Like, I, my doctor, I call him up and he'll he'll see me whenever. I mean, he'll charge me an arm and a leg, but I mean, I could call him at midnight, and like I need to see you and Dan, he'll do it. You have good insurance, I'll get Dan. Like a, good! I don't have insurance. That's a shitty thing. Like I just pay cold hard cash. Oh, that's yeah. probably why
0: he'll see you. He's like this I'll guy's you at five a.m. before he even opens. When yeah, you're when yeah. you're drunk because you want heart. To? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like in your case, maybe. But that's not...
1: I need a banana I mean, bag. I, mean, like, I mean, it may it may cost me a grand or two, but yeah, it's like I mean, you. it's not sketchy. I mean, it's, a, it's like, I mean, it is kind of sketchy.
0: Melvin, you're drunk. Just go to fucking sleep and wake up. Go to sleep. We'll sl- and let me then know how you feel up. in the morning. You might have a hangover, yeah. but like I'm not gonna. You're drunk, Melvin. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so he he shows up to the office and um, uh, he sits him down. He's like, "All right, dude. Um, let me go into the room and get some stuff so we can get this EKG set up." And then he hears a thud. <laughs> yeah, he's like thud. <laughs> And he walks in uh, to the examining room, and uh, Melvin Eugene Hansen is lying on the floor, dead. And um, he tries to, (laughs) and then he calls nine (laughs) one one, but it was (laughs) busy.
1: Well, here, here's the funny, did you notice what Robert Stack said? He called the 911 number. Isn't 911 the number? The number. You, it, it's kind of, like, you don't need to explain, like, he dialed the 911 number, like, no fucking shit. Really? Well, okay,
0: you got to remember this is 19. He's like, did he really 19? say that? The 911 yeah. number?
1: Yeah, he's, he says uh, Dr. Quick. Boggs called the 911 number and received a busy signal.
0: Quick, what's the so number at, for 911?
1: That was my know. little rascal's joke.
0: <laughs> Little rascals. Um no, yeah, I mean you gotta give a I, I was thinking, well maybe it's 1988. Uh this could possibly be a thing. I don't know. I never I, I was two in nineteen eighty eight, so, so I can't speak to, speak on this. Yeah, so he says he says 911 didn't answer and he tries to resuscitate him for 30 minutes before even trying to and, and then after 30 minutes he gets a hold of a 911. Right. Well, I would like to think that he was trying the entire time. Like every couple
1: minutes, he would stop and call busy signal. Let me keep trying. So, uh, uh, so sidetrack nine <laughs> one one. Like the standardized calling nine one one was established on February sixteenth, nineteen sixty eight. So I think at oh, this point dude. it's pretty well okay. established that everyone yeah. knows nine one one is I, the fucking number. I
0: didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. And not yeah, just that, but it pro- as- probably <laughs> it probably wasn't. <laughs> Fuck you, fuck you, buckwheat! <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> um, so, well, I was thinking, yeah, I didn't know it went back that far. So, yeah, definitely. They, Thanks, you gotta, Google. You got to think
1: that they had to have at least those kinks worked out, where they have multiple, you know, operators. Sorry, this nine one one line is a single operator line. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> well, so don't think that The call happen. you're trying to make Cannot connect Please hang up and try again later
0: <laughs> Yeah that makes no sense Unless it's like the Anyone middle of Anyone remember
1: those? Do you remember making those phone calls Like from a payphone, Like trying to call your mom And it's like yeah. The call you tried to make Cannot it, be established Please yeah, hang please up and try again try later again. Like, yeah. That's
0: not a good answer That's not a that's good not excuse a good <laughs> That's just saying I'm
1: dying just... here
0: <laughs> um, So the paramedics come And they notice A bunch of inconsistencies in the story like uh,
1: um, we got rigor setting in. What the yeah. Fuck is rigor? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Oh, he has the rigor.
0: He's got he the rigor. The, they got the r- it, it, they basically are immediately able to establish. I'm using a lot of big words. That this guy was killed way earlier than the uh, 5 a.m. time frame that Doctor yeah. Boggs provided. I think. I think them. they 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 say. Doesn't don't they say like 30 minutes before? Was was that? Wrong on my part. I, I could have sworn it said something about just a f- like thirty. No, minutes. no, like um, it took no. thirty
1: minutes. It, he had been working to resuscitate him for thirty minutes. By the time he successfully, oh, okay, that's where the, the thirty minutes, came. Yeah. Um, did any of you guys notice like when he was trying to resuscitate him, like you know the first time he like does the first compression, the actor who's supposed to be playing dead kind of like jumps? Yeah, yeah, he does like, I like a little. I didn't notice. Hand, so. No, like, like little... his eyes hit, on the first push, his eyes open halfway, <laughs> like he's caught off guard, and then he squeezes them shut and tries to play dead. And it, it, like I had to go back I just like no, like he like well, the little, see little shit. hand I like,
0: jump. Well, it's better than our other actor laughing while well, he's getting like shoved into. Oh yeah, <laughs> into while a body he's, bag. While he's acting, the, the dude. Are you talking about the guy like in the mugging when his like boss yeah. got shot in front of him? And then, yeah, like, he just ah. couldn't stop giggling. And he's getting shoved
1: in the in the office.
0: Um, so I'm gonna be on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. The hey TV- mom,
1: check me out Sunday nights at 7 p.m.
0: The, on, on, on NBC, I think it was, was it.
1: NBC? It was NBC. Who, oh, we should
0: know this. It, it oh, was NBC. On. It was NBC. But at least for, at the beginning. I think they went to a different network after. Um, so the EKG tape showed that it hadn't been used. It, that the last time it had been used was a little after midnight, which is a weird. That's time for right. A little before midnight. Be uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little before midnight. And he had said that he, the guy that um, Melvin had gotten there at 5 a.m. for all these tests. And so, right. and and with the rigor, like him already being much more dead than um, Doctor Boggs said, and he's a doctor; he should have known, like that they would be able to tell the shit. Um, yeah, a really bad doctor, apparently. Yeah, um, they found. So- they called the cops because this it was too weird, the inconsistencies, and then this, and then the <laughs> the the Popo just sits there, and just shreds his story apart. They're like, "What? Yeah. Like you didn't call the ambulance? Like yeah. you, you're going to treat like, this a heart condition th- at your th- like just regular ass doctor?" Uh, yeah, I think facility? they say that it was not normal practice, right? Like that it was not defense, medical procedure.
1: The, the the doctor's defense, he's like, "Well, like you should try to get him to come in on his regular visits. It's next to impossible getting him to go to a hospital. Mm, yeah. would, like never happened." I'm sorry, if you went and told your patient, like, hey, if you don't go to the hospital right now, you're going to be dead within a half hour. I think they'd probably
0: go. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I know I would go. All of us would go. If They said, hey, you need to go now to the the hospital. I I always wonder if those parts are like, if they have like transcripts or they're just kind of like put them in the situation and go because, you know, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know either. it's, It's like improv.
0: Yeah. There's weird details in some of the dialogues on the reenactments. His delivery in those scenes was I mean not good acting but it was funny because of just the shit he was asking this guy like what you didn't take him to the ho- tell him to go to the hospital why would he come here it just yeah ignoring obvious stuff uh,
1: let's see he's supposed well, to see a cardiologist and you're a proctologist. It's like, <laughs> I get it. The IST is in the title, but cardiologist and proctologist is not the same. <laughs> you should have taken it to a different same. doctor, damn it.
0: Um, also, there was no actual ID. There was just a copy of his birth certificate and three credit cards on him. Yeah, that's true. But also, the the police were kind of apprehensive to question Mr. Boggs because he was... He was reputable. He was a pretty respected doctor, right? Well, he was. He was a He was well-known
1: within the community of being a very good and reputable doctor, uh, but through the investigation, they discovered, like, right around this happened, he was starting to... He
0: had some funny troubles.
1: ...declined. I think they mentioned that, you know, he was at the point where he might have lost his medical license and and practice. Oh, yeah, they do. They do say that, that he was in jeopardy. So he'd already
0: been doing some shady shit. And then we get the. I wonder if he
1: was a rock doc. I mean, rock docs are starting to die these days. It's so hard to find a doctor to hand you opiates without even questioning you. It's so hard. Or
0: like the doctors so, in so Better hard. Call Saul, like the vet who like helps all the bad guys like with bullet wounds and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, um,
1: yeah, that that's the definition of a rock doc, where they just fix you up and don't ask any questions.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about like specific for like rock and rollers for rockers. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> For, for, for all those uh, for all those Rolling Stones dudes. Yeah, just like, give me all the drugs.
1: Um, Shit, the rock doc I deal with won't even give me a Z-Pack when I ask for it. It's kind of shitty. Oh, that's it's right. pointless.
0: You, that's right. You deal with rock docs. I'm pretty sure you've met a couple in your line of work. <laughs> so the autopsy is uh, being taken place in one of these reenactments, and they find out that this dude is... Way, it looks way younger than forty six, which was, was Hanson's age. Melvin Eugene Hanson. Hey, didn't
1: they? Didn't they estimate his age at something like twenty five or twenty six? Like they, I mean, he was like way 30s. younger. I think this kid's balls
0: haven't even dropped yet. Yeah, You're it's like he's a teenager. Teenager.
1: This kid's sack is still hairless. <laughs> <This> yeah,
0: <kid's laughs> it's super weird.
1: Hey, I'm thirty two. I'm a late bloomer.
0: <laughs> I just age uh. well. So, um, John Hawkins and Hansen owned a clothing store called just sweats. Dude. That's the, that's the name of the clothing store. I didn't catch that. Yeah. What, what was the name of the store? <laughs> just. Sweats. Yeah. Yeah. They had 22 stores mainly in the Ohio area and they were called just sweats. Um, <laughs> just sweat it just out. And, um, um excuse Hansen, me, sir. What do you sell? Just well, sweats. Fuck just, just sweats. sweats. We saw we, we we saw a place in the Caribbean um, that sold shoes. It was an actual shoe store, and it was called Athlete's Foot. <laughs> I took a picture of it.
1: Not athletic foot or like athletes' footwear. Just athletes', athlete's foot. foot.
0: <laughs> so they either they either sell medication for people who have athletes' foot or they sell a- athletic shoes.
1: That, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> come, come to think about it, I, I think their logo also was like a foot with like flames at the toes or something. <laughs> like it, no, it was
0: a shoe with like a wing on it. But it means yeah, that it, they run really like, fast. I mean, it looked like a flame These
1: shoes will give you speed. <laughs> In fact, they use the fast acting to Actin' Tenactin logo. The John Madden?
0: I have that on my phone still. So I'll post it. <laughs> that's funny. Um, you know what's funny is like as a kid, like my kids do this now too. It's like when they. Well, my boys especially, it's like, these shoes will make you run fast. So, like, when my boys put new shoes on, they'll try them out and they'll, do I run faster? <laughs> <laughs> do I run faster? Just like the you Sandlot run, with the
1: PF you run really fast. Uh, do you, the do PF you look flyers? at the price tag and you're like, uh, for $45? Yeah, yeah. think yeah, you, you run really fast, buddy. You run really
0: <laughs> fast, big guy. <laughs> so, Hawkins and Hanson's Place Athletes Foot, they had a big, ch- they had a chain. And they were business partners, so... Um, immediately when this body was found, um, Hawkins goes to California from Ohio and has the body cremated and goes through lots jumps through lots of hoops to get like the body cremated the next day and the ashes scattered the next day and they oh, had to you find mean, a scattering service. You mean the AC Slater lookalike <laughs> They got to play this dude.
1: <laughs> um, I did a little Hawkins. research. The, uh, about- the actor they used for the reenactment was. The stand-in unsafe by the bell, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't see I'm, just, those. I'm just fucking pulling your. Leg.
0: <laughs> no, dude. I was. I, <laughs> That's good I casting is, in just that one part. Boggs awful casting. If you when, once looked, you see a picture of the actual Doctor. Oh yeah, I know. No, but really, honestly, I was like, this guy looks. Like he had depleted depleted slacks with like the the tucked in and the, and the curly AC Slater mullet.
1: Yeah, how about those dad slacks? <laughs> yeah,
0: those were like That's what was top in of man. Those were in fashion. Those were young, hip dude slacks. They just never stopped wearing them, and now they're dad slacks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was, like, upset that the ashes could be Trends of today
1: become dad pants of tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they never change their style. So he, he got there and scattered the shit out of those ashes and made sure that nobody could, like, you know... Ask any questions,
1: right? And, then, and then the, the next
0: day, right, he got that done. That they, at first they were saying no, we can't do it for months, and he's like, no, 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 I need this done today. Yeah.
1: Well, they no, no. Well, first they say like we can't do it for months, and the guy like made an offer, like you know,
0: an offer he kind of
1: I, I, I don't know if he made an offer. It was like a little confusing because like right when they were talking about that, at the same time, Robert Stack's going like, and he received an offer for a million dollars. You're like, well, did he
0: take the offer? Or did he find somebody else to do it? <laughs>
1: Well, it's a little confusing because, like, later on in the story, they're like, it's "Oh, you're $1, talking about the life, life insurance. Insurance. insurance." Yeah, the life insurance. Yeah, but like the way they transition, they're just oh, the like, Oh, look, Bef-
0: the the insurance company calls the cops and says that there's a one million dollar life insurance out on Hawkins, and they want to know if they compared the body with any other pictures of Hawkins, and they were like, right. basically, basically, <laughs> did you do any any sort of investigative work to figure out that this so dude like, was the actual dude that they claimed he was? Hey, maybe we should know that. <laughs> They, like, didn't – yeah, it's so weird that they didn't think about doing that. Fingerprints. Um, they had a copy of his birth certificate. And they yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, well, they did make a point to say that – that uh, um, they made a point to say how normal the circumstances had been because there was even a physician present. And they're like, normally when somebody dies, there's usually a physician present. Yeah, in that area, they're like the, de- the, the normal – the majority of deaths happen – in front of a physician here, it's like, this was not out of the ordinary. So, yeah.
1: So, wait, you're saying Dr. Boggs was actually Dr. Kevorkian? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, but this guy
0: wasn't like, please kill me and put me out of my misery. He was just like, hey, I'm stuck in a bar. Me. Don't kill. I, should, I don't want to die.
1: Um, oh, oh, um, speaking of death, can, can we have a moment of silence for uh, Stephen Hawking, who just passed away about 20 minutes ago? Sure Are you for up. real? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. You just told me that. You just bum me out.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Rest in peace. Smartest man on earth just passed away.
0: Rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, that's oh Can't... yeah, we're learning that as we do this podcast right now. Um, crazy. Sad, sad. Wow. So after this call, they sent a, they send away for an ID of Mister Melvin Eugene Hansen. And, um, it takes forever to get it back by the time, which kind of is weird, right? Like now, nowadays it'd be like, Oh, let's look at his Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) This'll take me three minutes. So by the time they get it back, of course, this insurance has already been paid out and it's been like fucking a long time. They're like, yo, wow, this is definitely not the same guy. Um, they ran prints and the body matched a guy. Uh, he was a a North Hollywood bookkeeper named Ellis Henry green. And he was, like, a younger, mulleted man, and he... um, Which is what they thought. Yeah. Actually, no, just in the reenactment, the real picture of him, he doesn't look like he has a mullet. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Green was this body, and he was, like, 32, I think. And the cops um, started really looking for John Hawkins at this point. But he was nowhere to be found. Definitely. He took off from his house. uh, Like, his house was totally, like...
1: Abandoned, yeah, he, just deserted. He'd
0: abandoned his house and his car was at the airport with the keys in the ignition.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. He's like, come take my car.
1: And and it's not just any car. The homeboy was driving a Mercedes two door soft top convertible.
0: And he just left them keys in them ignition. That's insane.
1: Wish I was at the airport that day. Shit, I'd have a brand new Mercedes Benz. Well,
0: it'd be like 30 years old now. but...
1: Yeah, but at the time. <laughs> still? At the time. Still, I don't. <laughs> There's a picture here of
0: uh, Henry Ellis Green, and he looks not like the picture that they showed on.
1: He looks mighty fine. Actually, I don't know. Does he? No,
0: No, he looks sickly. But anyways, (laughs) so Boggs still maintains his innocence, and uh, he claimed that he had been duped by Hanson, that this, this guy was just faking his name for seven years. I don't know. Yeah. Everything he said was dumb. It made no sense. And he's like, I had nothing to gain from this. I haven't seen them, and they didn't even pay the medical bill. And they yeah. So there was a warrant they got a warrant pretty easily and looked at his phone records. He had calls to Hansen, he had calls to Hopkins, and calls to a man named Wolfgang von Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> what the world? That and was he was talking to Mr. Von Snowden that night, the night of the death.
1: When did we start watching Sound of Music? <laughs> I thought we were watching Unsolved Mysteries. I'm confused here. Wolfgang von Snowden.
0: I don't think this person really... I don't know. I I don't think this person ever existed. A doe, a
1: deer, (laughs) a female deer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Homeboy gets caught in my neck of the woods, which is actually a few minutes from my house. January 29th Um, of 89, he gets caught at DFW. This is nine months after the suspicious death. Of the man,
1: um, and uh, what does he get caught with? You
0: he gets interrogated.
1: Fourteen thousand dollars in cold hard cash from Mexico. Yeah. Cold hard cash from Mexico.
0: And the reenactment is great. It, it's it's a good one. What does he say that? Where did he get this cash from?
1: <laughs> oh well, I was just in Mexico. I closed a bank account, and I just I just forgot. Just forgot to fill out the form. You can just fill out the, the form sorry. right
0: now. I'll just fill it it's out. Fine. Yeah. Was,
1: don't 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 look in that briefcase filled with a lot of forged documents. <laughs> just yeah. don't. Just don't. <laughs> oh, you opened the briefcase. Oh shit. His
0: fake ID's plural. It's like
1: three, right?
0: Yeah. He had he had um the ID of Wolfgang von Snowden, and he also had an ID of his assumed name, which they don't really mention the name they caught him under. And then he had the ID of Ellis. Uh, Henry Green, the real dead guy. Not Melvin, not Melvin Eugene Hansen, but the real dead guy. Henry, uh, Alice, Henry Green. Sorry, all these people have like those like serial killer like three first names. Yeah, kind of it's like the three, the three names. No,
1: uh, it, it says that he did have. Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and it kind of it, it's not very clear, but it, it kind of alludes that he also had identification for Melvin Eugene Hansen on him. So, mm.
0: yeah, the com- um, after they do a computer inquiry,
1: <laughs> internet had been developed by that time. They
0: find out that. Wolfgang von Snowden was wanted for murder um, and they arrested him and then after a while they found out he was really the actual Melvin Eugene Hansen the man that uh, Dr. Br- uh, Boggs had identified as dead and um, to procure this million dollars one million dollars I guess the idea is that Hansen and Hopkins come up with this idea um, to murder Green and collect a policy and um and with the cremated body, there's no evidence. Five days later, Boggs is arrested and charged um, with the insurance fraud and um, with the murder of Green. Um, Green did, yeah. have, he did have a .29 alcohol level in his system. And so they were thinking Whew. that maybe he was lured to his death or he could have just been suffocated. He was lured to his death. He was drunk. He could have been suffocated or possibly just mixed with some medicine, some pills that if you're that drunk would have taken you out pretty easily. Right, and they claim that Boggs was the ringleader of this whole thing. That's right. what, yeah, I mean, that's what they claim. <laughs> so the up- that's the theory. Yeah. The update to this case is that these guys got in a lot of trouble. Boggs was convicted of first-degree murder. And, naughty, naughty boys. Yeah, he was sentenced to life. And Mr. Boggs died from a heart attack while serving his life sentence at, uh, at Corcoran no, Cor- 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 State Prison. He was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer at the time of his death. Yeah. Hansen, and that happened in 2003. Yeah, 2003. Hansen would be 76 now. Where I'm pretty sure he's still alive because I can't find an article about him being dead. And but uh, As of 2014, he was still incarcerated at California's Min Colony at San Luis Obispo
1: he's still there um I tried to search his uh prisoner record and uh nothing the website no well it, it pops up but the website that I use wanted me to pay 54 dollars oh. and he's not that, it's interesting. Not that important yeah
0: <laughs> Hawkins uh got away with it for a little bit he had an interesting story we Dan and I found this article from like 2014 where he's a uh, where he uh got out of jail um but I, I'm gonna quit and Tarantino this he got out of jail and he counsels teens now. Um, But what happened to him was he fled to Europe with about $400,000. He bought a boat and stayed on the run for three years using several aliases, still partying, and still quite the ladies' man. This is directly from that article. (laughs) It was only when America's Most Wanted aired a segment about him that uh, a lady recognized him as his (laughs) ex-boyfriend. As her ex-boyfriend. (laughs)
1: <laughs> As his ex-boyfriend uh, Maybe mm. uh, Maybe could have been a ladyboy um,
0: And uh, he was arrested <laughs> in Italy <laughs> So he, he got away with it for a couple of years He was good um, mm. And no one really remembers this Because it was uh, OJ, O.J.'s trial Was around the same time And they were actually held in the same place He, he said in the article oh. that he saw him every day On the way to the showers actually He's, uh, He went by O.J.'s uh, cell um, nice wow. looking
1: slong you got there, OJ.
0: Well, I don't know if he was naked in his cell, but you know who knows. It's prison. Um, <laughs> there's our dick joke for you guys. <laughs> so our OJ dick joke. Um, Hawkins in, in on November third of twenty fourteen. He was released, and uh, he counsels teens. That's what he wants us to know that he does. Um. Yeah. So. But he tells the story differently.
1: He's been rehabilitated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys want to know what he, how he tells the story of what happened? This is his, I'll give you the summary of what he tells us. Um, so he talks about just sweats. They had 22 stores, mainly in Ohio and a national shoe store chain wanted to buy them out. And Hanson, Melvin Eugene Hanson wanted to sell all of his, uh, options, you know, the stocks. And, um, he wanted to sell all his shares and, um, Hawkins wanted to buy it, but he didn't have quite the two million for it, so they devised this plan. I guess just to get Hawkins to get Melvin Eugene Hansen the two mil the the money and he could have all of his shares and keep being the businessman that he was uh being. And so they found Boggs and um convinced him to commit fraud, but they wanted him to get a medical cadaver or a body that was already dead. Boggs said that um he met a guy in Hollywood, got him drunk, and killed him. And Hawkins claims that he did not know about the murder. He didn't – that was not part of the plan. So he never got charged with any sort of murder. And um, he lives with his mom in a trailer park and he's getting used to iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a direct
1: quote from <laughs> Well,
0: it, it says something like, you know, 20 years before there wasn't iPhones in, you know –
1: Facebook <laughs> technology.
0: What? So he lives with his mom in a trailer park in San Diego, and he's 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 she's getting used to the iPhones.
1: <laughs> if if any of our listeners really want to dive down the rabbit hole on this case, it was profiled on America's Most Wanted, Forensic Files, The New Detectives, and Snapped Killer that, coupler, Couples. 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 Killer couples.
0: Wow, yeah. that many that many other shows have covered this. Yes. Crazy.
1: So he was a very, very wanted man. Five shows, five primetime shows covered this story.
0: I, why why I would he, he just results to killing a guy? Like, hey, I can't find a body for you. Um, let's just not do this, buddy. <laughs> like, he, he literally got a guy drunk, lured him back to his fucking doctor's office, and somehow killed him. We, we'll never know exactly how he killed him.
1: No, I I, I Super think weird. I think there might be an ulterior motive. I don't think he found a guy like he was saying. Like you know earlier, like Robert Stack was talking about how like his practice was in jeopardy. He was headed towards the path of losing his license. Um, I wonder if this guy maybe might have had like some financial debt due to it because like the the cadaver or the person that he murdered ends up being a Hollywood bookie. Mm. So I kind of wonder if but he like, wasn't you know, a cadaver. He, had a de- he
0: wasn't a medical cadaver. He was he wasn't already no, dead before but but what dan but what dan is saying is that this guy that they did find was a bookie and maybe he maybe the oh. doctor did owe him some money
1: and he was, it was like, just like you know let's meet at a bar we'll settle it up and like kill two up, birds before, with before one pay, stone before i pay you off like let's have a couple of drinks like no no we're having a good time we're chatting you know let's have a couple of more drinks we'll keep drinking at the end of the night i'll pay you off
0: oh my the money's back at my the the money's back at my practice come on come, come yeah, they, with me.
1: yeah cool you got a good buzz cool let's come back to my office we'll cash you at.
0: oh i'm not feeling good here lay down right here lay down right here on my table and then yeah i could see that you want it good
1: on. like they never say like what was the cause of death i'm curious like he had an ekg machine i wonder if he had a defibrillator because that's a good way to stop to kill someone like uns- unsuspectedly is to get them drunk to the point where they pass out and then just shock them with a defibrillator heart stops problem solved and then it just looks like a heart attack
0: Point zero two nine, point point two nine, they could have fucking just gave him a bunch of Xanax or some other medicine like that and killed him too.
1: Yeah, but they sh- That would have shown up on the talk screen.
0: Or they said they could have just suffocated him. Well, I mean, they say it unsolved. They say I don't think they did a proper enough uh, autopsy because the investigator says like it could have been a pill or it could have been he- or suffocation or it could have been a mixture of pills. I think they should just exhume the body and find out. Oh no, they they, they actually they can't. They can't exhume no. the body. They no, cremated him. Let's Hawkins go let's go back
1: that- to our previous episode. They're gonna exhume the body for the tenth time.
0: Sure. They got but yeah, they made sure that no one's exhuming shit. Wow. I guess they thought of everything. So our next case is also pretty fraudulent.
1: Do you got a woody? Who has a woody? Uh, oh, I love. Good old love Woody.
0: Woody Kelly. We're gonna be talking about Woody Kelly and the fraud that he uh, committed. Uh, but that's not where our story starts. Um, Nine thirty p.m., June eighth, nineteen eighty five, Lake Michigan area. Cop responds to a floating derelict yacht, which I guess just means a pilotless, captainless boat, just kind of floating aimlessly, aim- aimlessly, ghost ship. <laughs> Spooky ghost yacht. This is not a ghost yacht. Yeah. That would be so much cooler, but actually this is a, this is pretty interesting. So, um, a a reenactment. We see this cop, like jump into the ocean, swim to the yacht, climb inside. And he, they he was, they were responding to a possible person in danger. He said he was looking for somebody that probably had a heart attack. And, um, he said the engine was still running and, uh, Nobody was on the boat at all. He al- he also did say one of the first things he said, which could just end this case now, is like, if someone had fallen off quick with the engine on, it would have been impossible for him to get back in time. It was going too fast. So, all right, end of story. He just fell yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> he just fell off.
1: <laughs> but here's the confusing thing. Like, the sheriff says that, you know, the way he found the boat, if someone fell off, no one the the person who fell off wouldn't be able to swim up to it and catch up to it and get back on yet didn't the sheriff swim out to it and catch up to it and get on it
0: yeah but he did say the engine was still on when he first approached it but the engine cut off as he got closer that's one of the first things he said so maybe it just still, maybe it just still ran out of gas as, as soon but as But even was,
1: then the momentum of the mass of that ship it still would be cruising at a fairly good speed if it was going full tilt once that engine died, it wouldn't stop dead in its track. It would coast for a little bit.
0: So he's he's the murderer. He killed him. <laughs> he's a liar. Inconsistencies in his story. Um, yeah, I don't know. It shows him fucking swim up to it. Like, that's the first thing you see is this guy just swim <laughs> exactly. up to the boat. Um, so, I think
1: the sheriff should be a suspect.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, that one guy does make a point that um, Woody Callie, who was an in, a forty two year old investment counselor, he took investments from all people, all walks.
1: Anyone, you know. he didn't discriminate. Yeah, dude, Blue people collar, gave white him people, collar, homeless neighbors,
0: people just gave him money. They were like, "We trust this guy so much, we're just gonna give him all of our money." He didn't even ask. Yeah. most of these people. He, he moved to he moved to. Ant- uh, he moved to Antinoc, Michigan in 1975. And this is uh, pretty close to the Lake Michigan area. And, uh, soon after he got this investment going good investment firm, going good. He, they moved into this mansion and, um, he was a pillar of the community. You know, they always say that shit when somebody's like, yeah. fucked everybody What's... over, he was a likable guy. <laughs> everybody That's true. He was, That's true. And, and he, this guy, he's kind of weird. He's like, he's like, uh, was a pillar of the community who belonged to four community groups and he was active in all four of them it's like well fucking whoop de doo
1: <laughs> i wish i had time for that
0: shit <laughs> right um yeah over here hustling he, likable guy often had homies over and um to his like badass mansion for parties right and they soon became investors and clients of his so just some facts here he he had four luxury cars Two airplanes, three more homes, including the luxurious mansion. Or that's added to yeah. it incl- the and six boats. Dude. Six Six <laughs> I'm six. Yeah, six that boats. Why do I know I'm six?
1: That yacht life, man, it gets you.
0: And he was busting out six, he was promising 16 to 19% interest on these investments, which that's I don't just know insane. anything about that, but that's good because they said it like that. <laughs> right? Let's put it this way. No, that's great. CD,
1: it, it's amazing. Like a current, like six year CD at, at a credit union is like 3%. Dude. The best oh, savings damn. you can get in the US is like. You will never find a that rate of percent. return. You're not like, I mean, credit cards are more than happy to charge you 19% interest on on the shit you charge. But a bank giving you 19% for lending them the money? Fuck no. no.
0: Fuck no. no. Damn.
1: Shit, my IRA only has something like a 2% interest rate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your right. Irish Republican Army? <laughs> Actually, damn, It's not damn. an
1: IRA. It's like a CD. But, but your
0: compact disc? Okay, sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, dope interest rate, not pushy at all. The lady says that he was just like, "Oh yeah, you know, he was just cool, not pushy." Um, I-, I
1: kind of feel this is where the Ozarks got their idea from.
0: Ooh, you think he
1: was laundering well, little- money
0: for somebody? Uh, no, I think he. No, just- I just think I-,
1: I think it was just like half at. Like I mean,
0: oh well, yeah, Lake Michigan, yeah. <laughs> so, um. He he also, he would take his friends on and investors on vacations and cruises and like insane, long, badass, luxurious stays at places and things like that. Dude, you said that he paid for people's vacations. So he would get these investors and friends who he fucking had been taking the money from and going on all these lavish vacations. And they were just like, yeah, dude, like he was so generous and they were so like into it. One time, uh, even one of these lady a- lady asks him um, if he robbed banks, and he just kind of chuckled it off. Oh, <laughs> you.
1: No, no, I'm just robbing you, that's all.
0: Yeah, I'm just robbing your dumbass lady. Um, <laughs> so, um, back to the day in question, June 8th of 1985. Earlier in the day, he shows up at uh, his his yacht dealer, like you have. Um, because, <laughs> my yacht dealer. <laughs> like he, I
1: have, he, I don't think he has the same yacht dealer that I have.
0: <laughs> like we all have, we all have our good, trusty yacht dealers.
1: Ma- um, mainly because my my yacht dealer is named Sancho, and uh, the biggest boat he sells is like an eight foot canoe. <laughs>
0: it's a little pontoon. I don't know. I don't know really think about
1: boats. <laughs> pontoon humor. <laughs> oh, I'd kill for a pontoon boat. That shit would be
0: dope. A uh, little maritime humor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what you would call it uh, According to maritime humor It's good stuff <laughs> So um, Yeah, he, had, he went to his yacht dealer He had a brand new boat that he wanted to take out On a sexy ride And um, the guy who works at the yacht place Said that uh, we don't usually Let these people go out on the lake Before, you know, by themselves The first time, you know um, With a new boat, with something new He was very convincing. He's like, "All right, you rich motherfucker, I'm not going to argue with you." He helped good old Woody Kelly cast off. Good old Woody, and he was never seen again.
1: Mm. Speaking of which, so um, when they're talking about the the guy at the uh, dockyard helping Homeboy uh, cast off, they do a clip of uh, Woody Kelly like cruising his boat out of the uh, out of the marina. Oh, the home the uh, actual home videos. No, not the home video. Like before that they show like they do the reenactment of him like steering the ship out of the uh out of the marina and he's on the top bridge. But the angle the camera angle is so wide you actually see the actual owner of the boat below DACA driving from inside the wheelhouse.
0: Oh are you for real? I didn't know that.
1: At all. Yes. I uh... didn't see that. Uh like the, the, the scene where he's all smiling
0: like he looks like he's getting yeah, the- and, 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 it, and it's really funny fail. because
1: it, it, it starts off as a wide shot so you see the whole ship you see him on top of the bridge and then you see the actual captain of the boat in the wheelhouse and it slowly creeps to him and then as it creeps in you slowly realize like his hands aren't touching shit on that control console up there he just has that, his hands on like on the countertop just like that's really
0: funny <laughs> I want to go back and watch that oh I am de- I am too um <laughs> So yeah, he he told his family that he would be back at by six p.m. He took off at three p.m. and never came back. Um, investigators uh, assumed that he had fallen overboard, but the body never turned up. And I don't know if I agree with this thing where they're like, usually if a, that would happen, a body would float up to the top. I don't know because there's could be eaten by sharks. But what about like like there's a that man made lake. Um, Elephant Butte—that's not that far from here—and there's been a lot yeah. of bodies. A lot of people have died there, and they don't yeah. find any bodies. Oh, yeah. Like,
1: well, the the water's so murky you can scuba dive at Elephant Butte, but I mean, once you get below like five feet of water, you can see like two inches in front of you. Like, it's disgusting.
0: it's yes. just very years. murky water. But, but it's like,
1: like a kid. There's loads and loads of bodies there.
0: I, I just think—I mean, that's a man-made make so man-made lake, so it might—it's different, but. I just don't think that just because he fell overboard that he would just immediately float up to the top and they'd be able. they like, "Oh, there he is!"
1: Mm. Oh no, naturally, uh, the the fat con- like your body is naturally buoyant. Like as yeah. a scuba diver, well,
0: it, it releases um, gas. You have
1: to add weights.
0: Not just that, but your body releases gas when you die, so like it it does float to the top, but. I don't I don't know how that works that's
1: why that's why mobsters give you concrete shoes or, or yeah. strap you to a an axle of a 57 Chevy yeah because they know or, they not, or that stuff you in an oil drum and then but, throw you into <laughs> yeah
0: the oil drum is probably the most efficient because I've heard of stories of like people tying <laughs> bricks and stuff to people's waists and like the the body will literally just decompose and rip in half.
1: And then, and then you get a then you get an upper torso so yeah. it just floats up to the top.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so uh, here I, Science I, people, science. So that's crazy. That's disgusting. <laughs> so here I want to point out uh Robert Stack uh talking on a right, on a yacht dock, and he he's going casual and trench coat. Did you notice Dude, that? Dude, he's 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 uh, pulling some... How, uh, do you like that,
1: how do you like that Burberry classic print button up?
0: Uh, yeah, he, th- on top of a khaki... Ch- uh, under a khaki trench coat, but like a lighter looking some, one.
1: And some crazy khaki slacks. Yeah,
0: he's making some crazy fashion choices. I don't know if he's calling the shots now. Definitely. I'm, I'm waiting for him uh, to bust met, out with an ascot. I don't think he dressed himself. Wait, wait That's not the way TV that. works. <laughs> it's Full choices either way, though. <laughs> He's the stack. He could he calls the shots. So, um I was an airplane, damn it. Bef- <laughs> Give me some respect. I was an airplane. And the Untouchables, the TV show, not the shitty I don't know. Um anyways, so um uh, right before he had disappeared, a client had filed a civil suit because uh he had been doing some shady shit. And uh I didn't even notice this the first time I, I watched this segment. But yeah, that's what started the investigation. Interestingly, a week before Mr. Woody Kelly disappeared, one of his clients had finally figured out that, I don't think I'm getting any money. Um, and mm. they filed a civil suit against him for being a shady investment uh, broker.
1: And then the sheriffs start investigating, and they get a warrant to go to his office, and they discover, uh, looking at his private files in the books, and even his employees, Like when the, when the sheriffs confront the employees, they start looking for the sheriffs. And even the employees realize they're like, Oh shit, like every investment has gone into the bank and then immediately out of the bank into his pocket.
0: There's no money. There's just no money in the fucking accounts that they were looking at and maintaining and that was their job.
1: <laughs> and I just yeah, I just want to take a moment, like these people's res- like their job and their responsibility for the business was to input the data and keep track of it and then and then when the sheriffs go up like we need to look up these files and they're like, Oh yeah, so there was a deposit for fifteen thousand on February fifth Oh, and there was a withdrawal for fifteen thousand on February sixth. You had one job, Karen. You had one job.
0: It's so weird. It's like it's weird that they didn't notice. I don't know. I don't really know much about that kind of work, but it's it's very weird. And especially back in the day, you know, back I'm, then in nineteen eighty nine. I'm pretty sure it was just they were looking at right? spreadsheets. I, I I don't know if they had access to their actual accounts, but they were probably looking at a spreadsheet and saying At the ledger. There should be this much in the account, and that's that. And um, then when they get in the account, they're like, D- this these numbers don't match at all." Six million dollars was missing, and then we get uh, um, uh, talking heads of um, this one lady who invested about a hundred thousand, and then this other lady who talks about her thirty thousand. Boo hoo! Right, and do- she was like talking about how was this the girl that she was like we we gave her we gave him money to invest. Oh, wait, or he 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 gave us money to invest in a, uh, in a restaurant. In a restaurant, like yeah.
1: no questions asked. And she was she was the same lady. She was the same lady that that made a comment earlier in the interview that where they were like she said something like, "If I had the opportunity to invest with him again, I'd do it." And you're just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like you're on a right? TV show saying like, "This guy defrauded a fuckload of people," and you're just like, "I'd do it again."
0: He was nice. <laughs> Nobody got fucked as much as veteran Dr. Norman Osgood. Who invested a little more than $400,000. People think maybe he was possibly murdered by a client. You know, maybe swimming with the fishes with a cinder block attached to him, like you said.
1: No, only to no. to pop up
0: after 30 years. Or possibly picked up by a boat or a seaplane and just rode off into the sunset, you know? I Yeah, that's what I think. And then um, I, I do want to point out the creepy home movies that they show just so people can see what he looks like. Um, they're pretty, they got the music and then they even pause when he looks right at the camera. Good unsolved mysteries in guys. Good stuff. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's what that shows That's what the show's all about. Like, Oh, I I never, he he wasn't creepy to me. I don't think he killed anybody, but creepy. (laughs) Um, so there's not really an update. There's some interesting information that in 1992, his wife wanted him declared dead um, but two witnesses claimed that they had seen him. One was a deputy chief in Tampa, Florida, who said that he had spotted him in 1990. The other witness and was... And a f- Six Flags. Oh, really? The Six Flags? I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Batman ride. He was waiting for the Batman ride.
1: <laughs> like, no, honestly, I, I don't know if it was, like, honestly, like a Six Flags, but I found an article, like, digging on this, and it's bookmarked to my phone, but unfortunately I'm Skyping with you guys on my phone because... Long story oh. short. But um, it, it was saying, like, this deputy chief saw him at like, at, like, at a popular, like, tourist attraction, like, Knoxbury Farm, like, something like that, where he was just, like...
0: And ta- well, that had to sh- be the one in Florida, for sure. The, the
1: you chief... should be dead right now, but you're at this amusement park riding roller coasters.
0: The, uh, this other witness was a fire captain who claimed that he had seen him in in Wakegan? Waku- w- In July of 1991 With these two like It was a fire captain and a deputy chief That said that they'd seen him Instead of declaring uh, him dead They actually indicted him on 18 counts of fraud (laughs) So there's still a warrant out for his arrest He's not declared dead And he'd be 74 What? (laughs) So his wife wanted him declared dead And then some people were like No we saw him and they're like You're legit enough Nah let's fucking (laughs) indict this (laughs) bitch Just in case we ever catch him
1: here's the thing due to statue of limitations. When a person goes missing after seven years, you can legally declare them dead. So you can claim social security, life insurance, shit like that. So that's what she tried to do. But unfortunately oh, at the same time, witnesses were like, Hmm. Oh no,
0: him. I saw him. He was, he was waiting in light at the Batman, right?
1: <laughs> in fact, he was eating pink cotton candy and had a strawberry Coke in hand.
0: He was watching the, the Indiana Jones, uh, stunt show at, uh, that seems like an 80s thing. At Disney World. That was like an 80s thing they had at Universal, I think. I don't
1: know. No, it's still there. It's a fucking amazing stunt show. It's sick.
0: No, they still have the one in Disney, too. It's just it's an Indiana Jones stunt one. Oh, man, I'm missing they it.
1: Actually, they actually have an 18-foot boulder roll across the stage while Fuck. the indie stunt double runs across. It's fucking sick.
0: Dude, don't even... That sounds like the most... That sounds
1: magical. With all that said, uh, there's a lot of speculation that he is alive and well, and a lot of people believe that he's actually hiding out in Italy uh, because he had a lot of interest in um, in yacht clubs and and the nautical life, but as well as um, Italian culture. So they speculate that, you know, he relocated to Italy and, you know, joined a yacht club and it's just been hiding out there since, but they have had any strong leads or since he just then.
0: fell off a boat in the 80s
1: and drowned <laughs> yeah probably Lake Michigan's a big ass lake so no, you'll never I, really know.
0: I, I honestly I honestly think that this dude was picked up I think he he realized that I don't think were, he was picked up the I, I, I was think
1: up. honestly you no know? yeah I think no, he uh, I think he rented like a pontoon boat or something paid cash for it with no name dropped anchor somewhere out in the middle of the lake took his new boat out Rigged it to just run full steam in any random direction. Hopped off, hopped onto the platoon boat, and then went back to a marina and then skipped town. Okay, that makes I, sense. I don't think I don't think he had an accomplice because if he had an accomplice, there's too many wink links. That's true. Well, what I
0: meant was by picked up, I mean like he knew he knew his his.
1: Roots. He had an escape route.
0: Yeah, he's like this is done. Like my life is over. Like people know that I'm.
1: Not well, this time to end this life and start a new one.
0: He got out before the investigation started, but I guess he was just like, okay, yeah, I'm like, I'm like six million dollars in over my head at this point. Yeah, (laughs) let me take some of that six million dollars, hire a fucking seaplane, and make a crazy awesome getaway. But he's never been found. That's, That's crazy, honestly. I just feel like he, like tripped and fell and just died in a dumb old man way. Actually, the guy reenacting him looked like he was seventy and it's and then at the end it's like he would have been forty six now. I'm like, what the fuck? Why did yeah. <laughs> why did that guy look so old? Benjamin Button. Like have you ever 40- seen the
1: movie Benjamin Button? <laughs> That's he su- how he
0: was suffering. He's like <laughs> he looks younger now. This is our reversed um age you know what I'm talking you
1: know, about. That, that Benjamin Butthole disease. <laughs> so shall we move on to The Banach Treasure.
0: Treasure, you guys were talking about treasure, and this one's more interesting because there's only there's only a tiny bit at the end of making fun of uh, current day treasure hunters. There's only a little bit of those guys, and we'll make fun of them. Don't worry, because they're dumb.
1: Before we before we dive into this, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make an opinion here. The law enforcement is corrupt. You think? We'll find out when we talk about this story.
0: So, <laughs> this is a treasure, but this is uh, also just good old fashioned uh, history and like a good old fashioned and folklore. Western. Yeah, th- this is just good. There's old a
1: lot of information on this case if you really want to dive into it and read. Oh, but, I and, mean, you, it's and you like realize how lot. wild the Wild
0: West was with this case. You're like, oh yeah, people, brutal. People took law into their own hands. Our story is set <laughs> in the year of our Lord 1863, in the hills of Montana. It was summer and hundreds of prospectors, um, are hundreds of prospectors are fleeting to an area called Alder Gulch and, um, trying to get that gold dude prospectors from Erwer. So when there was like a very, um, active gold finding area, there was also going to be outlaws circling these mining camps. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about some outlaws um,
1: And some sheriffs
0: Spring spring, 1863 um, The Road Agent Gang Reportedly stole about a thousand pounds of gold And gold things like uh, gold nuggets and dust and shit like that Gold
1: dust the wrestler? They oh, stole the wrestler me. gold dust?
0: Gold <laughs> dust is my favorite <sighs> The only thing I know, I know about wrestling is if it's from nineteen. Is Goldust? Yeah, if it's from nineteen ninety eight, <laughs> I know about it. Um, <laughs> we watched we watched Royal Rumble with like all of our friends who are current wrestling fans, and Goldust came, and I was like, "Yeah!" and everyone's like, "Shut up!" and then he immediately got kicked out, and I was like, "What the fuck? Fuck this!" <laughs> he's oh, so Goldust isn't cool anymore? <laughs> he's super cool. He's just he's also like forty though. 45 Speaking speaking of
1: wrestling, my shop is currently prepping for WrestleMania 33 or 34, whatever oh, no WrestleMania ways. it is. Yeah, oh, it's a it's, fucking madhouse at the shop right now. That's cool. <laughs> it's it, it's not cool cuz every time I go to like a certain department to ask for like, "Hey, I need 24 of this," or like, "Uh, you can't have that." Why? WrestleMania. But that's a week worth of shit and I got 9 months worth of shit. Yeah, well, sorry. Wow.
0: <laughs> the Road Agent Gang um, Was headed by Henry Plummer Who was
1: Was no- none other
0: Who was none other, the, uh, none other Than the sheriff of Bannock, Montana And so obviously he was Their leader undercover um, he Slash
1: corrupt as fuck He didn't
0: tell anybody He was an ex-convict who had uh, Been out of uh, prison for about four years At a brand new facility called San Quentin He had just gotten out of San Quentin in California was, uh, brand was pretty spanking brand
1: spanking new.
0: Um, we have, we have a really cool, uh, uh, Western historian guy telling us the story. He uses some colorful words. Um, I like when he says that how some guy, one of the guys spilled the beans, he spilled the beans. Um, so he said that he was a confident con man of his time and that, that, uh, uh, Henry Plummer. Was the only man in Bannock To tip his hat to all the ladies <laughs> um, How do they know A this? true gentleman A true gentleman of his time um, So for f- a four month period in 1863 um, the, it, it's, it's, it's estimated that the uh, agents killed over 120 miners And stole about 6 million dollars in gold uh six million keeps coming up. Six million dollars in gold to the today's standards and today being December of nineteen eighty
1: nine. So that's probably around sixty to six hundred million today.
0: Damn. <laughs> um so in
1: Let's just put it this way.
0: Six million in eighty nine? Is that is that what we're talking about? Six million dollars in gold, yeah, nineteen
1: eighty nine. Oh well what I was gonna say is um they don't give us an actual weight, right?
0: No, um, well, they say something about a thousand pounds at the beginning. It's, it's reported, they reportedly stole a thousand pounds of gold and nuggets and dust, but then down here, it gives, it gives a little bit, it's a little bit more vague. It says that, Oh, they killed over 120 miners getting $6 million in gold. Um, so, so, so
1: to put that in perspective, I'm trying to find my calculator because I'm bad at math, but I'm just going to say this. Maybe you guys can do the math. A kilo of gold, which is what, 2.25 pounds, is $42,000 today.
0: That's crazy. Jesus. So in other words, it says the equivalent of, well, this is just dollars. This is not gold. This is $6 million in the year 1989 is the equivalent to purchasing power to $11 million Hundred and forty-four thousand, four hundred and eighty-three hundred and eighty-seven cents. That was in two thousand seventeen. So if they found Henry Plummer's, well, I'm jumping the gun. That's but, but that's his not treasure's gold. Missing. That's it's treasure. That's just dollars. It would be that that's amount cash. of money So like in if, gold.
1: If he actually, well, if he actually had stolen a thousand pounds in gold, it would be roughly about two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, actual gold is different. That's a pretty big.
0: <laughs> so it. So, to today's standards, his treasure could be anywhere from uh, $11 million to $240 million. <laughs> That's a huge range. That's a huge spread. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're helping anyone on that statistic, but we tried, guys. <laughs> thanks, Dan and Eli. Good job. I was just sitting here drinking my beer while you guys were looking that up. Um, so, in December of 1863, a really well-liked young man was brought into town... Um, he was killed by one of the road agents and, um, this pissed all the people in Bannock off enough to start their, uh, vigilante group to finally say, fuck it, fuck these road agents. And they started, uh, rounding them up and, uh, you know, given some rough justice. They say that rough justice, which subsequently would also be a great name for a porno.
1: <laughs> rough Wait, <what>? justice. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how many people they they hung what like 20, so, yeah. 20 some odd people they formed
0: a posse for, for so for 6 weeks the vigilantes tracked down the outlaws they hung 22 men and um and gave them like little like little makeshift trials the one person they didn't give a trial was um the day that one agent um before he was hung admitted that Plummer was the leader their fucking sheriff Henry Plummer was the leader and um I guess they immediately believe this because they didn't give him a trial. They talk about how these 22 men, they gave him like rough trials and hung him, but they didn't do that with Henry. Um, No, he
1: was, he wasn't afforded that luxury because like the dude that they had just hung, just like flat out and like named him by name. It wasn't like, well, you know, old Bobcat Willie. It was just like Bobcat Willie. Hey, I'm just, I'm just a follower. The, The real dude you want is Henry Plummer. Your sheriff.
0: Yeah, he's the one who did it.
1: And then um, hang me.
0: Yeah. And then they fucking do it. It's crazy. So January twelfth of eighteen sixty four, he was hung on scaffolding that he fucking built. Henry Plummer now, the sheriff.
1: Well, this- well no, it like it's crazy. So so like with that said, so like the vigilante crew hangs this dude and this dude like rats out the sheriff. They go to the sheriff's house, drag him out, and, and they string him up. And while they string him up, the sheriff is, is, or Henry Plummer is going like, well, if you guys give me two hours and a good horse, I'll come back with my weight in gold. Oh, that's right. He and gave like, his. At at, the, at this point, the town is just like, like we, you just admitted by saying, like, if we give you two hours and a horse, you're going to come back with a fuckload of gold that's gotten stolen. So indirectly, you just admitted that you're the fucking gang leader. And B, we don't fucking trust you, so they just fucking kick him off the scaffold and fucking hang him. They're just like, well, you just admitted it indirectly. Well, in, 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 the, reenactment,
0: in the reenactment, he's like, he's like, you said that before. Nope, we don't trust you. And then, yeah, they just get him. Um, So that's what's going on. Everybody's looking for Henry Plummer's uh, gold because those him and his boys stole a shit ton of gold that year. And no one's ever been able to find it. Um, in the early 1900s, some gold hunters came into town, the town of Ennis, with a heavy-looking box. And they went into a local store that had a vault and, said if, and asked if they could keep their box in the vault. And uh, they said, okay. And one man sat there, shotgun, sat on the thing with a shotgun, sat right by it in view with a shotgun um, all night. And they got their box in the morning and left and nobody ever knows. Nobody knows. If they found anything or if it even was gold. But I like to think that maybe there's some people that actually found gold one day and they were smart as fuck about it. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully.
1: I'd be honest. I love you all. But if I ever found gold, I wouldn't tell you all. I wouldn't tell shit.
0: Yeah. You'd be like the guy that's around the White Sands area who just dug a bunch of little gold parts, you know, just just hid gold bricks in like different little areas. You know, the guy who from I'd tell you guys I was
1: going on a trip. He'd never hear me from again or hear from me again. (laughs) I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go to Mexico for a couple of days. I'll see you later. And then that was it.
0: And then it'd be an Unsolved Mysteries case.
1: They they bring back the show
0: for that. Unsolved Mysteries podcast podcaster goes missing. (laughs) On Unsolved Ah. Mysteries. (laughs) That's a good story. (laughs) Don't don't go missing, (laughs) though. Please don't go missing. We can't do this without you. Um. So, and then we get our update. Hey, people are still looking for this. And then we get these uh, goofy-ass local treasure hunters. Who people are just no like, evidence. Can yeah. I just say there's been no evidence of this gold actually existing. existing. It's just this dude says, "Oh, just trying to buy myself some time. I'm gonna go try to find some buried treasure that I claim was. Nobody's ever found anything. Yeah. And in there's 1954, um, the the original town, the historical town of Bannock, was placed under protection, so you can't legally dig without permission uh, in Bannock, Montana. <clears throat> and why would you? Because I don't think there's anything there. Nah, who knows? I just don't think anybody will find it. Uh, the treasure hunt, you know, they're not. It's not intriguing enough. It's not like a ghost or Bigfoot. You know, it's not an alien. Oh no, yeah. It's just like oh, some money in the ground. Yeah, sure. Why I not? I mean,
1: there there might there might be um there might be some interesting stuff. Um, in May of nineteen or sorry, yeah, May of nineteen ninety, there was a book published called um the National Directory of Haunted Places, and uh, there is a good chunk of that book where it talks about the ghost of Banak and the treasure. Hmm. So maybe, but you also got to take into account this. In Ban- this uh, what do you
0: mean, ghosts? The ghosts in Bannock, like Bannock, Montana, is yeah. a haunted town.
1: Supposedly, Ooh,
0: but um, that's cool. The Ghost terrain,
1: the, the terrain that the, that this gang operated in is so vast. Like a thousand pounds of gold seems like a lot if you only have to look in like a thirty foot by thirty foot area. But a thousand pounds of gold scattered about a fifty-mile by fifty-mile area is like a fucking drop in the bucket.
0: What did the treasure hunter say? Uh, uh, he said he said he wouldn't bury all your bags, all your eggs in one basket. Or eggs something. in one
1: basket? Oh right? no! Because he, oh, yeah, he was no, he, he was the sheriff about,
0: of two towns, right? He well, was like you sheriff. gotta think about
1: this. Like he's a sheriff and he's also a bandit. So thinking in that logic, he probably had different hiding spots to Real stash drops. his stash with different routes. Like you know and the event like the town finds out who i really am and i need to skip town i have all these different routes and on my way out of town i can stop and pick up some of my treasure right so you don't leave completely empty handed you don't get the full eggs in the basket but i mean one egg in the basket is better than none
0: i love right. that i love that saying don't put all your eggs in one basket it doesn't make like like i i know what it means but at the same time like the actual metaphor of, of eggs, like why would you want to se- why you gotta separate eggs because they crash? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the metaphor, comes from- but I don't get the origin.
1: <laughs> so, so, so the origin comes from like farming days when like people used to keep chicken coops to get their you know what, eggs. Like, like you, you didn't want to go to a grocery store.
0: Or, like if one well, basket gets. Like- it's
1: not that you want to crack the eggs. It's like you don't want to take like all the eggs out of your hen house and throw them into a basket on your way back to the farmhouse. You trip and all of a sudden, all your eggs for the day have just been ruined. And that's like your ruined. money. That's your that that's your meal. Like you gotta Bread think about it. Like back in butter. back in the frontier days, like you know, hens laying eggs was like a sure bet for protein. Hunting isn't always a sure bet for protein. You didn't have grocery stores back then, so like if you took all your eggs in your hen house put it in a basket and then walk back to your farmhouse and if you fell and you destroyed all those eggs that's your meal for the day or two days or three days if you have five hens you're looking at maybe five eggs a day if that wow so that that's where that go. saying from you don't want to put all your, your all your food all your potential livelihood in one spot
0: hashtag knowledge oh what would you call that Sh- Shroot beet farms mm-hmm some nice agricultural humor there <laughs>
1: we ain't choking your chicken more shinfo you know
0: all right let's jump through this lost love actually dude this one made me fucking cry i don't care
1: oh uh, it was I so straight sad up cried.
0: it was good yeah it, it made me feel all warm and and and, and gooey tingly. give me the tingles gooey or fuzzy now gooey's a little sexual huh it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside uh, um anyway yeah. this is a lost love's case um uh, and it doesn't involve any uh, concentration camps or any rape. So that's <laughs> definitely a plus. Um, definitely. A positive cherry on the top of this episode. We're talking. Did you guys get Leanne's last name?
1: Robinson. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Say.
0: Leanne Robinson is basically this Lost Loves is she wants to find her half brother and sister. Um, Jimmy would be 23 at the time uh, of, in de- of December 1989. Tommy, sorry, it's Tammy. It's Tammy. Jimmy and Tammy. Tammy. Yeah, Tammy would be twenty-two at the uh, uh, the time this aired. Leanne is third, was thirty-two, and she hadn't seen her siblings since the year nineteen seventy-two. And they they show a touching home video. Yeah, really cool actual film. And and you know what's weird is when this, this segment started, I was like. What the fuck is Robert Stagg holding? What is he <laughs> holding? And then he's like, This film and I was like, Oh, I kinda wanted that to be more of a mystery. Oh. <laughs> what the hell is in his hand? <laughs> um so in nineteen seventy one, uh um Leanne lived with her mother in California and she lived with uh Jimmy and Tammy, her half her little half brother and sister. Um She was about thirteen. She was about thirteen, so they, they were uh they Jimmy were.
1: was six and Tammy was about four years old.
0: Mom was dying of cancer, unfortunately. Oh, so thirteen year old uh, Leanne had to really like step up, and she was pretty much the stepped main. Stepped up to the plate. Yeah, she, she stepped was... up
1: to the plate and just kept swinging, kept yeah, she swinging, just, just
0: keep swinging, just keep swinging, just keep swinging, just keep swinging. Um, she, so she, she really. You're took thinking therapy. Finding
1: Nemo of Just Keep Swimming.
0: Yeah, we just mixed signs up and Finding Nemo. Those are pretty different movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's swing Once. away. Signs is swing, swing away. away was a song I think away. I was I I mixed, I think we mixed, I Yeah, I started it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Finding Nemo and Signs, both good movies. Dude, I just saw Signs again. <laughs> oh, I really want to watch it. I've been wanting. Like Dan and I were talking about that because we were talking about all these aliens, dude. We watched Close Encounters. And oh we, yeah, and and we're just and, like and oh, we were like, like we need to revisit I got that on four like Blu-ray. It's fucking dope. And then I, and it made me want to watch Signs again cuz Signs is like it's very similar. Yeah. I I don't know, they're very similar. I think M Night Sh- I even like Lady in the Water. I don't know. I feel like M Night Shyamalan. M.
1: I M. have M. not seen shame. Lady in the Water. I wanted to see it and then The it, Mermaid one?
0: It's a no, it's not a mermaid. It, it it's like a fairy tale that takes place in a suburban apartment complex. It's <laughs> the best way to explain it. <laughs> I mean, thought that was area. had. I thought it had mermaids. No, there's, it's not a mermaid. It's, it's more of like a ghost. It story. takes
1: place at the pool house at an apartment complex.
0: It does. It takes place in the pool of an apartment complex.
1: But it's not a mermaid.
0: No, it's not lady. It's like a ghosty thing. I don't know. It's been a while then since I've, I've seen it, but it's not a fucking mermaid. Then I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's starring Robert daughter. Out. All right, let's get back to this. If it doesn't have mermaids, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck that! I want mermaids. <laughs> so yeah, so. Um, Big Sis had to take care of the house Because mom had cancer Also they had a really great neighbor Named Ellen Morrill And um, she was really good friends with the mom And uh, she had kids of her own And uh, One night when uh, The mom was very very sick Ellen um, on, On her deathbed she asked Ellen If she would make sure to take care of her kids And make sure that they never got separated And she actually wrote it down And then um, Ellen says like, she makes it, she says that she only lasted a couple more hours and then Robert Stack, um,
1: said the next day she died and just like, wait, you just said a couple of hours and now you say the next day she died. Like, which well, It one could have been, it, it, it could, could have been like eight o'clock,
0: eight o'clock at night. And then a couple hours later, Would it be technically 10. is the next day. Okay, it could have been 10 o'clock, and then a couple hours later, it was
1: midnight. at the stroke of no, midnight. Saying, well, you're saying eight, a couple of hours is two, which would make ten. Are you guys okay, really well, arguing about saying. this?
0: That's what I'm saying, Dan. <laughs> damn it. This is comedy gold. That's fine. You know, there's one, there's one word Semantics. that I can remember right now. Yeah, that's exactly... God damn it, you beat me to it. I think like, there's one word that I can totally remember what it means. Some fucking mantics. But you beat me to it. All right. Yeah, so... Um, you know, she died soon thereafter, and the kids uh, move into Ellen's place with her kids, and they all got along. And Leanne, who's a thirty-year-old adult telling the story, is she's she just like talks about how crazy it was that um, she, uh, Ellen six had kids. six kids, and she, and she was like she was must have been twenty-seven, twenty-eight. She's like, I'm in my thirties now, and I can't imagine having to take care of six kids. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe Eli might have sort of an oh, idea dude, but you have six Jocelyn. kids and no not at all not by myself especially yeah. like i have four and i have another person helping me yeah
1: <laughs> nyquil
0: yeah nyquil's
1: great aka grape juice <laughs> or Purple as drink? Likes, or as eli likes to call it night night juice you, you just treat juice. your
0: children like they're they're uh <laughs> rap hip hop stars and just give them
1: I give them the little Wayne cocktail give them lean hey jimmy tammy you want some lean
0: it tastes like great. oh no we're telling a nice story god damn it don't drug your kids it should go without saying please don't drug your kids um, we don't so yeah leanne it's just what happened what happened oh, we lost you for back. like 2 seconds not like like a, like maybe tw- 10 15 seconds we couldn't see or hear you Oh wow, I was like <laughs> totally like stuttering, so it's okay. <laughs> I was like, but, uh,
1: "Stuttering Davy, stuttering Davy." what's up Davey, with M Night stuttering Shyamalan
0: Davey. right now? <laughs> I think that's what brought it on. <laughs> Ooh, there's a ghost. There's a Skype ghost, Ellen Morrill and is yeah, late 20s. She's taking care of these kids. There's a eventually. There's a social worker who's attached to the case of. Jimmy, Tammy, and Leanne, and they obviously, you know, they go to that place and they they're just like, this isn't working. Like she, she doesn't she doesn't have the means to support all these kids. It's right. a two
1: bedroom house. She's a lower medium income household, single parent with three So three, three of kids them plus her six kids, nine
0: kids. Yeah, that's a lot. Wait, that's no, lot no, it, it, she she had she had three kids, and it was she only had six yeah, it was six kids. <laughs> Eli just added three more kids there. That's the way I, I took it was that she had six kids of her own, no, and then no. they added it, the it's three kids—her
1: three kids and then the neighbor's three kids—which oh. made six. And the social worker didn't deem it feasible to be, you know, a healthy environment because it's a two-bedroom house, right? Okay, so, six that makes kids sense. So I was like,
0: six kids in a two-bedroom alone is crazy, much less adding three more. But now I get it. Okay, I'm I'm tracking with you now so the worst so, so. detective ever we're banging on all cylinders now yeah i'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cut firing so on much all three this, I'm cut so three much out of, of four this out like us explaining to you that there was not nine kids <laughs> where the fuck did you get that anyway okay off. shut up i did i did i thought i was like jesus she has six kids and then they added three more plus and three and then the kids. other three it's like oh no, shit, yes i understand no. <laughs> um okay not that bad no um so leanne sent to her dad uh in texas but her dad didn't want to have anything to do with jimmy and tammy and so they um so there's a really sad scene of leanne telling the kids bye um as they go to school that she's going to be gone for a while and she says she doesn't even think that they're going to get adopted and she'll never be able to talk to them again like that just didn't even cross her mind so she goes off with her dad, and then not very, not long after, um, the Jimmy and Tammy are adopted. Uh, there's something uh, something I want to point out: uh, reenactment, bad reenactment. Ellen's talking about she's very sad, and the real Ellen's talking about remembering them getting into the car and just seeing their little faces uh, staring at her through the back window. Yet the reenactment has them in a sexy red convertible and it just shows the kids as she's saying that clearly not looking through a back window. Yeah. Just leaving, just walking. I feel like any car the corner. Why do they have she like the lady's literally saying, I just remember their little faces through the back window. As you see them, like sadly looking at them from like a really cool red convertible, no back window top fucking down it looked they looked so much cooler than Ellen. <laughs> sorry i don't know i just thought that was a weird <laughs> it's like oh no, yeah get like interesting a choice car. Definitely. Like, ask the fucking ask the fucking grip key grip for his car his car would be more accurate it would have sufficed to a middle class couple leaving yeah i don't know for years leanne is writing to the adoption agency and she doesn't get any response um, in, uh, to her inquiries about what the hell happened to her brother and sister, her half-brother and sister. And th- until 13 years later when she receives info on the couple who adopted them. And this is what uh, they let us know so we can help solve the case. Um, they were both 26 years old, the couple. They'd been married for three and a half years. They lived in Ventura, California. Um, the dad was a Navy man. And a career
1: Navy man, and at the time of the adoption, he was a petty officer.
0: Yeah. Petty officer. Um, and uh, the adoption agencies also stated that they lost touch once the family moved to New York.
1: Um, um, I want to take a moment, and I want to call bullshit on that, because the armed forces keep very, very detailed records of the movements of their enlisted men.
0: Well, yeah, but the ado- the armed forces is not an adoption agency.
1: No, but yeah, like they're like we lost track; like they just disappeared. It's like you could have just gone like you, you we know he's made a naval phone man. Call. Yeah, they could have called the na- called the navy and be like, "We're looking for private first class, da 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 da, or like, yeah, the officer, da da da." You're dah. an
0: adoption agency. Shut the fuck up. I'm not going to tell you that. Just kidding. I don't know. That's interesting. It's probably just all the information they had available to them. I don't know. So of course, minutes after the broadcast, Tammy calls their telecenter in
1: true stack pack fashion.
0: In true stack pack unsolved mysteries fashion, um, Tammy herself, little sister, calls their telecenter. They don't call it a call center; they call it a tele. She called the telecenter, um, and Leanne was actually like so confident that these guys that had someone a great was going to call
1: that she was actually there. She was there waiting
0: for, she was at the Dallas Center.
1: She was waiting, waiting for that call. I I love you.
0: Dude, it was great.
1: And at that point, I started crying like a little girl.
0: Yeah, it's good. So Tammy had two kids of her own, and she was living in Maine. She immediately got Leanne in contact with Jim. Not Jimmy anymore, because he's an adult. He's an Army Sergeant that was stationed in Monterey, California, in the same fucking state that Leanne was in. Um, they reunited on camera, and it was a joyous fucking... It, I don't know. Yeah, it was... Oh, <laughs> it, it really. It was uh, gas. Like gas. The first time I was like, oh, oh God. Don't cry. Don't, don't cry. cry, damn it. Don't cry. <laughs>
1: I had to call the front desk and ask for a second box of tissues for this segment. <laughs> it was a happy ending. It was, it was, it was a <laughs> One thing I want to point out...
0: Um, I'm going to dampen this happy ending a little bit. Do you notice how like uh Tammy is on screen and you never really get a good look at Jimmy? That's yeah, shit. Sec- the second about time to say I watched that. it I was about his to- head was and down.
1: Who, I was noticing Who wears white jeans after Labor Day?
0: <laughs> how do you know it was after Labor Day? Oh, that's why. I it's always know. after Labor it's always it's always no
1: after Labor Day. No one wears white jeans before Labor Day. It's always after. <laughs> And it's that's like, like a, the worst fashion mistake ever. That's like,
0: like a chicken... The, the worst. To me, that's like a chicken-egg scenario. Like, what... What? Uh, how? How is it after... Isn't it always after Labor Day? There's there's always been a Labor Day that has passed. <laughs> that's true. Is, that's is, true. It, is it... Right now, is it before Labor Day or is it after Labor Day? It's, Labor it's Day, after Labor both. Day. Labor Day is the one in September or the one in May? I always get Memorial Day and Labor Day mixed up.
1: September, I believe? Yeah, September...
0: Labor Day is in September, so it I seems like before and after. Labor Day is September, so you're not supposed to wear it after like springtime or after fall. That's why they say that. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, white is like more white of like jeans are like a, spring, like a summer spring, color. Summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah.
1: Labor Day this year will be September third. A Monday.
0: So we don't know shit. Is what. <laughs> yeah, why? Why was Jimmy's head down? Now, 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 now I'm curious. It is kind of weird. Now we have yet. A, we have another unsolved mystery on our hands. He doesn't really talk very much. Um, yeah, but that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, I f- I hope this isn't a five hour podcast. But oh yeah, Eli, what's going on next week? <sighs> ah, well, we have another yet another case of a possible mistaken suicide. A conman magician and a <gasps> A routine traffic stop that's the best. that leads to an attacker on the FBI's ten most wanted list. And this is the saddest one of all, guys. An orphanage that's a front for a baby nabbing ring. Oh, Oh dude. Yeah. So there's like <laughs> kids that don't have parents just getting <sighs> Yeah. Straight up nabbed. That one sounds like a big old bummer. Tune in next yeah, week. Big time. <laughs> bring the tissues uh, like bring always, two boxes as Dan says yeah. or else the hotel will charge you yeah <laughs> ask your concierge for an extra box of tissues for next week um thanks for hanging out with us another week guys uh as always we're the stack pack on twitter instagram and uh, facebook um uh, please rate and review like if you listen to us on itunes like just give us five stars and say something nice it doesn't have to be too nice you can be funny
1: Make, you make can call it us pieces of shit. It's all good. We yeah, don't just, care. Just give us a review,
0: man. Uh, yeah.
1: Give us a sign that someone's actually listening.
0: That didn't sound too desperate. Just give us a review, man. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week like always. Um, same stack time, same stack channel. Um,
1: new stack episode, new stack city.
0: Yeah, new, new stack episode, old Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah. Um, uh, as always,
1: I'm uh, at Davy How on all the social media things. And Road underscore Dan.
0: And Big Bad Vinyl Dad. And for every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. And perhaps that someone is listening. And perhaps that